and amen. So as the children of Israel here were journeying for many years through the wilderness, as you know, oh, most of us are probably familiar with that, journeyed 40 years through the wilderness, and many years they journeyed through there, and many trials beset them. The law had been given to them in that time, and um, there had been high times for the children of Israel, and there had been low times for the children of Israel. They had come through, and they had rejoiced in the Lord. They had also received much blessings from the Lord. But now they're in a place of rebellion. Now they're in a place where they're rebelling against God, seemingly, when it comes to things, and that could have been the very reason, some say, maybe the very reason why 11-day journey took 40 years. I don't know, but however, there's one thing that we're all sure of this afternoon, and that's within all of the belly aching and all of the griping in which they did and the complaining of the people, there's a God that was in heaven uh, who was faithful to them. He provided for them. He promised uh, them uh, deliverance. He prospered them. Uh, he preserved them all in the time that they were in the wilderness. And we understand that. And then we come to our text this afternoon and they're in a state where they're just sick and tired of everything. They're just sick and tired of absolutely everything. And they had to go around Edom. Verse 4 tells us that they had to compass the land of Edom. And they had to go by there, we know, because they were not allowed to go through the land. The Edomites wouldn't let them go through the land. And, and so they journeyed through a rigid and rural and rough place around uh, that land. Um, and so they begin to gripe and they begin to complain. We probably would too, right? I mean, could we blame them? I don't know if we could blame them, but we probably would do the same thing. But nonetheless, what was good enough for them earlier wasn't good enough for them anymore. The bread, they said light bread, is that right? They said this light bread. Uh, what was good enough for them earlier, they said this is like, this manna that came down from heaven uh, is like a wafer and honey. It's the best thing we've ever had, right? But now, it's not good enough for them. No food. Uh, they said we have no food. We have no water. And we're just here to die. We're just here to die. Nothing was good enough. And so, so God responds to them. God responds to their, 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 them, uh, their, their, their belly aching, if you will, with a punishment. And, and the punishment is fiery serpents, right? We're just laying groundwork. I'll be, I, I, I'm, I'm hurrying, okay? Um, but however, within that punishment, not only does God, provide, God give the punishment to them, but God also provides to them a pardon. God provides to them a part and a way out, if you will. And so I'd like to look into this text and let you know this afternoon that if they looked, they lived. And if you look this afternoon, you'll live. Amen. I want you to notice four points. I'll be done. I want you to notice, number one, the tragedy that's within our text. Notice when we're just going to work the text down. Verse 5, the Bible says, And the people spake against God... And against Moses, wherefore have you brought us up out into Egypt to die in the wilderness? So, well, was Egypt that good? No, Egypt was not that good either. Uh, and so, but you've brought us out and to die into the wilderness, for there's no bread, neither is there any water, and are so loatheth. Uh, hates, it hates this light bread. Uh, and so there's a tragedy within this text. Uh, and I want you to notice, I believe the first thing that we can see of the tragedy that's within the text uh, is they're resisting the very person of God. 
They're resisting the very person of God. Now they say there, uh, and the people spake against God. Has anybody in here ever spoke against God? Don't raise your hand. But I mean, I have recently. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. But, I, but is that one preacher said it this way, that Israel would have never lasted uh, throughout the wilderness if God and Moses would have been mad at them at the same time. I'm telling you is that what they were is that uh, consistently Israel uh, was speaking against someone uh, or something that God had done for them and now uh, um, they're bold bold enough to even come against God. Who are you? Now, now notice a few verses, Numbers chapter 11 and verse 1. The Bible says, And, and when the people uh, um, complained, it displeased the Lord, uh, and the Lord heard it. They were complaining, right? They were complaining. You can look at many different cases. I'm not going to read any more verses, but um, there was uh, Numbers chapter 14 uh, uh, and tells about the complaining of Israel. Uh, and Numbers chapter number 16 tells about the complaining of Israel right around verse 40. And then Numbers chapter number 17 uh, um, talks about it right around verse 10. And uh, um, they complained a lot to God about God. They complained a lot to everybody else about God. And I just tell you, but we can't bash Israel that much. We can't bash them. We have been there too. But don't y'all know that we'll never be big enough to arm wrestle God. And it seems like sometimes that's all we want to do is grab hold of God and tell Him what He has done wrong. Don't go against the person of God. Don't resist the very person of God. That's what they did. And then, uh, not only did they resist the person of God, but they rebelled the preacher of God. It says, and against Moses. Right? And against Moses. And if a man goes against uh, God, then he'll have no problem going against God's man. And uh, that's just the truth. And if you fall out with God, you'll, you'll, eventually, you'll eventually fall out with God's man. It's simple as that, and that's what they do. Is not only are they going against God, but they're going against His man. Uh, the God, the, the the God of heaven, had, had been gracious enough to give them uh, a man uh, to lead them through the land. Man, I mean, it wasn't just hard on them; it's hard on the man of God, right? Everything they experienced in the wilderness, He experienced in the wilderness. I'm just telling you something, friend. Don't go against God's man. I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about a general consensus. Is that when we look at it, there's a rebelling against the preacher that God had given them. Uh, and then there's the tragedy. It's a tragedy when people do that. Uh, and then there's the tragedy of rejecting the very promise of God. Now notice what he said here in verse 5. Uh, uh, let me find my text. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in uh, the wilderness? Uh, and so they had God's word for this. They had God's word. Did God not give Abraham the word that their people was going to get the promised land? Because he did. He did. And, and yet they, they chose to look at God and look at what God had to say uh, and basically call God a liar. You can look at the disciples over there in um, Mark chapter 5. I think it is. In Mark chapter 4, 5, 4, at the end of chapter 4. Well, God said, let us go over to the other side. Right? And then they get in the storm, and they don't think they're going to make it to the other side. But what did God say? What did Jesus say? Let us go over to the other side. Is that not a promise? 
I believe it is a promise. And the fact is, is that God had promised Israel uh, of the promised land. He had promised them the Canaan land. Uh, and when you doubt His word, friend, uh, it doesn't mean much. Uh, it surely don't mean much to you. The Bible says, let uh, God be true and every man a liar. God will never lie to you, if anything else. God, God will never lie to you. What, what, uh, and he, he'll, he'll, never, he'll never not love you. He'll never lie to you. And he'll never lose. That's three things. And so, and I, but let's not get too hard. We do it sometimes too. Right? This is just me. I mean, we do it sometimes too. What about when your pockets aren't full? Right? When you ain't got a whole lot of money. It's easy to not realize that God is going to provide for that. It's easy to look and say that, uh, and we understand that, well, by the way, Philippians chapter, we preach this around here, Philippians chapter 4 is talking about those who give. It's not talking about those who get. And if you'll give, God will give. You penny nickel God, God's going to penny nickel you as sure as that. But, I, but here they are, and they're looking here, and, I, and there's times uh, their cabinets are low, and everything's low, and they're saying, Oh God, I, I know what you promised, but I don't know if I believe it now. We're getting somewhere. It's a tragedy when somebody rejects the very promise of God. It's not going to be all bad, I promise you. Just hang on. Uh, is that... Then there's the tragedy not only re, uh, of rejecting the promise of God and rebelling against the preacher of God, but also to uh, resenting the very provision of God. Look what they said, For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. So just look at them. Just think about it. Whatever they needed, God provided, right? I think it's Psalm chapter 58, which tells us it was angel food. I don't know how to explain that. I have no clue how to explain that actually, but it come from heaven. I guess they got, they just started cooking it up in heaven, bro. I don't know. And the angels threw it out every morning. Maybe he said, maybe the angel said, "Lord, do you not hear them griping about you yesterday?" I don't care. I'm not giving it to them because they're griping. I'm giving it to them because I'm good. That's why I'm giving it to them. And so I'm just telling you that what we're looking at, God provided for them. And something that they used to love, and now they're loathing and they hate it. And they don't even care about it anymore. And yet if they would have only realized that without it, they would have been dead. Without it, they would have been dead. They would have been in a much a better place if they would have just realized that without it, they would have been completely dead. Without the provision of God, friend, we would be dead. Friend, be careful not to fall into this. Be careful not to fall in this. Lord, help me not to fall in this. But it's a tragedy when you do. The tragedy in our text. Notice number two, the, the terror that's in our text. Verse six. The Bible says, The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. So because of the sin of complaining, right? They don't, call, they don't call out any other sin that Israel did. In this whole text, it does not call out any other sin besides the fact that they're complaining. That's the only sin that it calls. And because of their sin of complaining and rebelling uh, against God and God's plan, God uh, judges them. And this verse uh, um, describes to us a terror. 
It's something that's scary when you think about it. I mean, the terror, imagine the terror on the faces of the people of Israel. Uh, and, uh, and just imagine, uh, it gives us a description of this terror. Now the Bible says that it is, and the Lord sent fiery serpents. If you can explain that away, then go ahead, because I can't. I mean, oh no, it was not just serpents, but no, this was fiery serpents. Preacher, you saying they were on fire? I don't know, but I mean, I, maybe. You say, there ain't no such thing as fire serpent. Well, God created, there wasn't never a giraffe till God created it. He could create it if he wanted to. And I'm just telling you, I don't think that they were, yeah, they weren't made before it and they weren't made after it, but God made them to be this day. Uh, and that's what they needed in this day. Uh, and friend, I'm telling you, sin in our lives uh, uh, will strangle us. It will, and it will kill us. And what you used to love, you'll end up hating. A serpent has always been a picture of sin, right? From the beginning of time, in Genesis chapter 3, it was a picture of sin. What did Satan come as? A serpent. What's well, a fiery serpent is what this is. And that gives us a description of it. And then, and I could just think of the terror, okay? There's a big land. Don't know how many people that was in Israel. I don't know how many, how many people or Israelites there were. I have no clue. But there was somewhere, what some say, from 2 million to 4 million people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Wouldn't you agree with me? That's a, that's a lot of people. However many there were, there was that many serpents. Just think about it. It's a terror of its description. It's a terror in days. Notice it says, fire serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Imagine the day here. Such a scary thing to imagine. Now, could you imagine this room being filled with snakes? Anybody like snakes in here? You like snakes in here. He's the only fellow that raised his hand. Hey man, I, you know, I don't hate snakes in here. He come from your church, brother. I mean, I don't, I don't hate snakes in here. But I, I'm just telling you is that, that, that I don't like them either, okay? I don't like them either. Imagine the day here. Imagine such a terror to imagine that day after day uh, and bite after bite, the intense pain uh, um, caused these, uh, um, that the intense pain that there was caused by these serpents. Uh, and it could possibly be the reason that they're described uh, fiery as well. Uh, uh, but nonetheless, all I know is this was a time of terror. Uh, it was a time of pain. Uh, it was a time of torment. Uh, and from what I've studied, uh, um, Here's what Wikipedia has to say uh, about snakes and the bite of a poisonous snake uh, is like this. Has anybody been bit by a poisonous snake? Well, praise the Lord, we're doing good around here. I, I've been bit by a snake, but it wasn't a poisonous snake, and it hurt too. So um, let me tell you what, the, what Wikipedia, Google says. It says intense, that when you get bit by a poisonous snake, uh, it's intense burning at the site of the bite. Intense burning. It's intense burning at that site. It's intense swelling, which is immediate uh, and nausea and vomiting and cramping and serious stomach pain uh, and all of that. Uh, and intense pressure as the venom runs up through your veins uh, and all of that. And then intense cotton mouth and thirst uh, and bleeding from your mouth and nose and eyes. Uh, and general suffering lasts from two to three days. That's if you don't die. But that's typically how long it would take you to die, they say. Now, I don't know if that's true, but I'm just telling you that that's typically. One bite, that's how long it would take you, supposedly. Can you imagine the terror? What does it say? 
fire serpents among the people and they bit the people. Can you consume that as in saying that the Bible tells us that all the people were bit? Very possibly. The people were bit. And so here they are and they're looking at this and they're dealing with all of these things that I, I, just, I just brought to your attention. Can you imagine the terror of these days that sin and that all of this stuff, sin, the point, but I believe the point that we need to get out of this is that sin, their sin was followed by their suffering. Don't fall into this trap. It's a terror. It's a terror. It's a terror in days and terror in death because the Bible says and much people of Israel died. And my beloved, I tell you, do not fall into sin's trap. Don't fall into you, say, preacher, all they were doing uh, is complaining. Uh, and yeah, I understand that. You're completely right. Maybe that's why God sent it there. When He sent it there. Because you, you know, I, I've never killed nobody. Have you, brother? I didn't think so. I was hoping not, at least, because if you had, Lord, help. That would have been awkward up here. But, but, uh, but I've never killed anybody, okay? I've never killed anybody. But some people have. There's people who have killed people, right? But I can't be held guilty for killing somebody. But I can be held guilty for complaining. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. You ever complain? I figured so. What about all y'all? The complain? That's one thing that we all have done. And maybe that's why God set the judgment then. Because they're all in the wilderness and, and one's complaining about this and one's complaining about this. But right now, all the people are complaining. And if we put on all one playing ground, we can all say we're guilty of discontentment at some point in time in our life. And I'm just telling you, the fact is, the Bible says, James chapter 1, verse 13, Let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. For God cannot tempt, uh, be tempted with evil, neither tempteth thee any man. But every man is tempted, uh, tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Uh, and then when lust hath conceived, uh, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth what? Death. People got bit. The people sinned. They got bit. And some of them died. And sin is a debt, friend. You know sin is a debt? Your sin and my sin is a debt. Sin, it must be paid for. It has to be paid for by somebody. Somebody has to die in the punishment for your sin and my sin, beloved. I don't care if you're three, uh, I have two boys sitting back there on about the fourth pew back. Uh, one of them uh, is a little liar and the other one is too. It's the truth. They are liars. The Bible says that, by the way. That's not Nickology. That is a King James Bible. Look at Psalms chapter 58, verse 3. From strange from the womb, they go about telling lies. That's what the Bible says. But I'm just telling you, the truth is, is that they are going, uh, they are going to die in their sins if God does not save them, uh, and they uh, will pay for the penalty of that sin. Not just the lies, but all their sins. And friend, I'm telling you, is that Jesus was willing to pay for that sin. Matter of fact, He did. 
He did. Uh, yet you have to receive the gift. Jesus, the, 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 it's a gift. Eternal life is a gift. The Bible says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Eternal life through Jesus Christ. So, so I, I'm telling you, it's a gift. It's a gift that He did for you uh, and He did for me. And if you do not accept that gift, you are going to be held accountable and pay for your own sins. Hell is real. Listen here, boys. Jace, look up here. Hell is real. Hell is a real place. It is real. And those who have rejected the payment Christ made will forever spend eternity there. I don't say that with joy. But forever spend eternity there. And the Bible tells us here in our text, and many, and many, and many, and many of Israel died. I believe that's making it, that, that's saying it nicely. That's saying it nicely because the camp is filled with snakes uh, and the camp is filled with blood uh, and the screams and the laments of, uh, of those who are in pain. No hospital, uh, no doctor, no antivenom, uh, no, no, pain, no pain medication. Uh, people are dying and there is no cure. What a terrible state to be in. I'm telling you, friend, it's the tragedy in our text and the terror in our text. It's one thing to live your whole life without Jesus Christ, uh, but it's a whole other thing to die without Him. It's a whole other thing to die without Jesus, friend. Uh, and I plead with you here, don't die without Jesus in your life. Don't die without Him. The terror in our text, didn't notice verse 7, it's getting better. The turn in our text, the Bible says, Therefore, the people, so because of this, therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord uh, that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Instead of sitting and dying, that's one thing you can do. If you're bitten by a snake, if you sit, you're going to die. Period. If you don't seek out help, you're going to die. Right? There's two things you can do about a snake bite. Either sit still and die or get up and go do something about it. Seek help. And so here they are, and they decided they needed to do something about it. They decided there's a whole lot of snakes in our land right now, and we need to do something about it. Uh, and so I believe these three verses, these verses can give us a very good application of what we need to do. And so uh, hear what Israel did. It's, 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 it's very uh, applicable, I promise you. And so just hang tight for just a moment. There, number one, there was a realization in their lives. Verse 7, the Bible says, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, What? We have sinned. They said, we have sinned. They realized that they had sinned. Uh, and beloved, I tell you, this afternoon, just as I've said before, uh, until you realize your loss, you'll never be found. Until you're, if you go, I, listen, one time I went coon hunting, and it was down the road. I know everything about this place, okay? I know a lot about these woods. I know most of it. been through it. But when those lights went off at 3 o'clock in the morning, we didn't know which way was the road. We had no idea which way the road was. I guess because probably we didn't look before. We turned, the lights went off. And I'm just telling you, the fact is, is that you'll never know you need to call for help until you know you're lost in the woods. 
And you'll never be realized, until you realize you're lost in your sins, you will not be found. You will not be found. Uh, there must come a realization of who you are and who he is. There was a realization in the camp. Then notice, secondly, the Bible says, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Uh, so there's a revealing. They revealed what they did. They revealed what they did. They got downright honest with who they were. How about that? Downright honest with who they were uh, and what they had done personally. Uh, and we must know we're guilty of our sins. Before a holy God, our sins, we are guilty for God. There was a revealing. Then notice the last part of the verse. And against thee pray unto the Lord that he taketh away, take away the serpents from us. Moses prayed for the people. There's a reaching here. They reached out to somebody. They got to the place where they went straight to the source. They, the, they realized that the only person that could help them in their time of need, they realized they needed him then. They realized they needed him. And friends, I tell you, you must realize that your only hope this afternoon, uh, and listen, listen kids, your hope this afternoon, Jace, look up here, your hope this afternoon, uh, your hope this afternoon is not in your mama, it's not in your daddy, uh, it's not in your grandparents, uh, it's not in your preacher, and it's not in yourself. It is uh, of God. It's of God. It's of God and only of God, friends. That's what they realized. Notice what they said. You see it very clearly. I underline in my Bible. It says, pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from him. Not Moses, not the man of God, but pray to God that he take them away from us. And friend, I'm telling you something. If you'll realize here this morning or this afternoon that you cannot save yourself, you'll be in a much better place. You'll never be able to save yourself. Man, I wish some people would realize that in their lives. Tragedy, terror, and turn our text. And notice the triumph in our text. Amen. This help. The help from the serpent. The healing from the serpent is not anti-venom. But it's another serpent. Look at verse 8. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. Set it upon a pole. So make what's been killing them and set it upon a pole and it shall come to pass that everyone, not part of them, everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it shall live. Listen, I don't believe in the junk that only half people can be saved. By the way. Amen. I don't believe that we can look even look at the verse and say there's a, there's, a, there's a broad way to hell and a narrow way to heaven and say that there is a percentile that this many is going to go to heaven and this many is going to go to hell. Because that tells us uh, that a lot of people, that Satan desires souls more than God does. And if we look at it, as some people look at it, we'd, we'd say, well, I guess there's just a whole lot of saved people walking around here just ain't been saved yet. What I mean by that is the simple fact of Calvinism. Chosen, chosen, chosen. Oh, oh, oh there, there's a whole lot of saved people walking around that aren't saved yet. I'm just telling you, God's honest truth here, everyone that looks can live. Everyone that looks can live. Amen. And the Bible says, he looked, he looked upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if, any, that if a serpent had bitten any man when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Amen, friend. Just imagine what's going on here, right? So here they are, a whole lot of serpents in the camp. 
And there's a whole lot of people been bitten. And God tells the man of God to hold up a serpent of brass, a fiery serpent, right? The same thing's killing them. And so I believe it shows us a few things. I believe it shows us the curing God here. God who's, who's able to cure. God who's able to brat, brat. Now, you know, you know if, you're a Bible, if you're a Bible student, brass throughout all of Scripture is a picture of judgment. It is. And the judgment of the serpent here uh, is lifted up for all to see. Uh, for all to see. I don't know how big the pole was. I don't know any of those things. But it was lifted up for all to see and practically taken the judgment of God uh, for Israel. It was lifted up above the people. And isn't it, isn't it different how this serpent... How, how, isn't it amazing how this serpent pictures Christ? A serpent pictures Christ. Now, why didn't the Lord tell Moses to use a lamb? He did before and he did after. Why? Why didn't God tell Moses to use a lamb to do this? Uh, because this, you see, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 tells us that he was made him to be sin for us who knew no sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Uh, and so for him to be judged for our sin, he had to have our sins on him means he was covered in our sin. Lord, help us. I mean, the cure became the cause. I mean, you just think about it. Is that Christ never committed a sin, but he became sin. It's a transfer. And the Savior became sin so that the sinner could, could become like the Savior. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. The serpent called, cured, cured, uh, cured the bite uh, by the power of God. Christ uh, can cure the sin that you're placed in. You were born as a sinner. You didn't have nothing to do with it. You were born that way. It's by your very nature that you are this way. It's by your very nature that you're a sinner. Uh, The Bible tells us that, right? There's none righteous. No, not one. There's none. Let's see, Romans chapter 5 verse 12 tells us, For by one man sin entered into the world, death by sin, um, death passed upon all men, uh, and so on and so on. I can't quote the verse perfectly, so I'm not going to, but I'm telling you is that the fact is, uh, is that you were born into this world as a sinner. Your nature is sin nature because you're the idemic nature. And I, I could go on with that, but I'm just telling you here this morning is that you, by nature you couldn't make it to heaven. You can never make it to heaven by your own nature because your nature is a sin nature. I mean, just just like pigs can't climb trees, right? Because it's against their nature, right? And and you you don't take a donkey to the Kentucky Derby. You just don't. It's against their nature. And so I'm just telling you is that here we're looking at this and and, and Christ uh, has to come in and there has to be a cure here. There has to be a cure or everybody's going to die. And Christ became sin for us. And that, that, that pole became the bite. That pole took all, this, all, their, all their pain and everything upon itself. And it's a pure picture of Christ. So it shows us a curing God. Then it shows the creator God. Look at verse number 8. And the Lord said unto Moses. And then it says... Let's see, and the Lord said unto Moses, and then we can move down, then the Lord said unto Moses. And so when we see those things, 
Do you you believe me or do you not? Is that it was his idea? It was God's idea. It wasn't wasn't Moses' idea. And I'll tell you the God's honest truth here this afternoon is that it's God's idea for the plan of salvation. It's because he loves you. That's why. Amen, friend. And by the way, there's only one gospel. Amen. There's only one Savior. Uh, there's only one mediator. Job said, uh, Oh, uh, uh, there is none, neither is there any man uh, um, that could reach down and grab my hand and put twigs us, uh, um, that could grab my hand and bring it together. Uh, oh, but the New Testament tells his friend uh, that there's one God uh, and one mediator, the man Christ Jesus. Uh, it's all Him this afternoon. Uh, it's all Him. Uh, and there is one way to heaven and that's through him it's never changed and guess what it's never going to change because it was his idea it was his idea friend and so we see the creator God and then we see the compassionate God the compassionate God notice the Bible says and Moses made a serpent so the Lord didn't have to make that do you believe that he didn't, have to, he didn't have to make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole and it shall come to pass that everyone I'm going to give everybody a chance here. Amen. Man, I'm thankful for this. He compassionately displays his grace. Compassionately. Now, Israel being well deserving of judgment. I mean, still God, God gave provision, though. God gave provision and just look and live, just look and live, and they ought to be hanging there. But God chose to put something in their place. Compassionately show, displaying his grace and con, d- compassionately displaying his goodness. Uh, um, now, he could have chosen uh, um, these and damned the rest because I do believe God's all powerful, but I do believe that he would have went against his own uh, love if he'd have done that. He would have went, went against his own goodness and his own grace. Uh, the Bible says the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. And I'm just telling you here is that he gave everyone their own free will to look. They're on for a church. Sure, not everybody made it out, but everybody had the chance to. And I'm telling you here, if you're sitting in Mount Valley Baptist Church at uh, 4.02 p.m. on the 24th of September, you have the chance to be born again. That's the truth. Hey, my friend, I'm just telling you is that he displays his goodness uh, and I'm thankful for his goodness here. Uh, hey, man, it just compassionately displays his goodness and his grace and his power. Uh, it didn't say that they looked uh, and waited to be healed or prayed to be healed. No, friend, uh, when they looked, they were healed. Right? Hey, man, friend. And beloved, I tell you this. Let me catch this. Salvation is not a process. Salvation is not a process. Sanctification is, but salvation is not. Salvation is not a process. When you realize what you did, uh, recognize what He did for you, uh, and repent, uh, it is done. It. you got all all of God that you're ever going to get, friend. It is done. And by repentance, by the way, repentance is not a work. It is is not a word either, but it's something that you do in your life. It is a turning. It is a turning in your mind to say, I am turning from everything and turning to Him. Amen. Some people make it be like a walk or something. It's not a walk. That's not what repentance is. It is a something that you do. It is a something that you do in your mind uh, to turn from God. Man, I'm so thankful. Um, they looked and they lived. By the way, it took faith to look. Amen. No matter what they could have done to those bites, they would have died. They had to look and live. 
compassionately displays his power and his perspective. Passionately, compassionately. And it, the Bible says, and Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, so this serpent had to be beat. Right? Brass don't, you think the brass was just automatically a serpent? No. No, it had to be put, formed into a serpent. Uh, it had to be formed into that. It was brass. Uh, and I'm sure Moses didn't pull the brass out of the brass pile uh, and, and, it, and it already be made or anything like that. Uh, Moses didn't know what was ahead, but God did. Christ was beaten and battered, friend. He was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, and our, our chastisement of our peace was upon Him. Uh, but with His stripes were healed. Anybody thankful for that this afternoon? He was bruised and battered and beaten so you didn't have to be. And beloved, I come to you today with a burden on my heart. They only had to look to live. They didn't have to say a prayer. Listen, I am all for praying. I believe that. Okay? But I never found anywhere in the 12 disciples where they ever prayed about anything when it comes to praying about salvation. Now, if you know something, then... Praise the Lord, I don't. And I believe that you ought to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. I believe you ought to. So I believe there has to be something. But have you ever heard, anybody ever heard that statement where somebody says, man, I believe I got saved when I come out of pew. You know why? Because you turned to Him right there. You made your decision right there. He had given you the opportunity and you made your decision. And I'm telling you here, this morning is that they only had to look to live. That's it. Tears wouldn't have done it for them. They would have still been bit by a snake. Tears would not have done it. Uh, Ointment would not have done it. Uh, Antivenom would not have done it. A bath and medicine and bandages. uh, None of that would have done the job that needed to be done. None of it. Uh, But they had to look to live. I'm telling you here this morning... I want you to get what I'm trying to say to you. Andrew, please come up here. Uh, Verse 8. Verse 8 tells us here very clearly. Let me see. Everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Isn't that simple? It's that simple. And you you can play that. It it doesn't take that much. Uh, It just takes place in your faith in Him. I'm telling you that consider these thoughts I mean the whole camp the whole camp was affected uh, within all the cries and the torment Uh, you look and you hear the man of God say hey there's a cure Uh, there's a cure there's a way out of this Uh, and some may have had the the, the idea in their mind that I'm just too far gone Uh, nothing could heal me Uh, it's not too bad I'll live with it Uh, uh, what if I look uh, and it just don't work Uh, I don't really believe in that kind of stuff maybe that's some of the, the complaints and the, the, the stuff that they had in their minds uh, when they were saying that just imagine people had been bitten uh, but they run out uh, and they look at this serpent uh, and by the thousands bitten people uh, are healed uh, and a mother with a child uh, who has uh, been beaten up, uh, bitten up, uh, brings her boy uh, and brings him out there and says look son uh, look at that serpent right there that's all you got to do is look at it uh, and the son looks uh, and 
and begins to gain back his strength uh, and gain uh, maybe the coloration in his face comes back uh, and, he, and all of that was lost he begins to gain back imagine those times and you say preacher what are you saying all this for well, because, beloved, I'm telling you this morning is that I'm trying to let you know uh, that all you have to do is look at what Jesus did for you and you'll live. That's it. Come to this altar and just ask God into your heart. That's all it takes, man. That's all it takes. Man, I'm telling you is that the Bible says you don't have to die and go to hell. You know that? Amen. You don't have to. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says in John chapter 3, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth on Him hath eternal life. That's it. Believing on Him. Man, can it be any more simple than that? I know us preachers, preacher, you know, you know we... Man, oftentimes we make it so hard for somebody to get saved. But it's not that hard. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Confession is outward. Believing is inward. Right? I mean, that's all, that's all it takes. It's pretty simple. And Jesus was lifted up on a pole. Right? Could you stand to your feet this afternoon? Jesus was lifted upon a pole. He died in the place of your sins. And what a wonderful thing that is this afternoon. Man, if we can't get any joy in anything else, we can sure enough get joy in that. To know that all we had to do is look at what He did for us. That's it. Healed. Forgiven forever. Whom we have redemption through His blood. If you'll look to Him, that's all i got to say, beloved. If you look, you'll live. Listen, if you need to pray, man, this is my heart this morning. This is my heart. This is all I had. I, Lord brought it on my heart. I had it on my heart all night. That don't always happen, but I believe the Lord knows what He's doing. So if you've never been saved in here, I, I, listen, all you got to do is look at what He did for you. Believe Him and trust Him. If you need to come pray, these altars are open. Dear God in heaven, we love you. Lord, I'm thankful, God. Lord, if we just grasp a hold of this and just be thankful, Lord, what a good time it would be to be born again. Lord, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Lord, thank you, God, for as he was lifted up, Lord, you said... If I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto myself. Lord, you were lifted up on the cross from the tomb into glory. Lord, now pray God that you would just please help this afternoon. If there be anybody lost, Lord, I believe I've done your will. I pray God you'd help save them, Lord. Do what only you can do in Jesus' name.